looking to learn more on how to build wealth through real estate? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Make Money Make Sense podcast with Dante Belmonte. Each episode, we have the privilege to bring you a professional in the real estate world. One that will help you become a top investor, whether that's a passive role or managing the day-to-day. Let's jump right in. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Make Money Make Sense. I'm your host, Dante Belmonte. I'm also the managing partner of Victory Capital Group. I'm super excited to talk to you guys today about what we look for at a property. Not in a property, but at a property. The reason why I say at a property is because first thing that we look for is the location. We don't touch any of the numbers. We don't touch any of the financials within reason. If we get a deal that's like 100000 a door greater than some of the comps that we know have sold in the area, probably not too interested. But what we're doing first when we look to purchase a property and we get sent the property by a broker is we're looking at the location. So first thing that's going to happen is I'm looking for uh, the three growths in that market, three growths. That's going to be population growth, income growth, and job growth. If I see all three of those things in that market, that's going to be a market that we would like to select. So population growth, job growth, income growth. Um, Population growth being one of the main factors, the one Uh, the main driver out of those three growth factors. Those are the first things we're going to look at. Second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Google Maps. I'm going to type in the property address, and I'm going to look at the property from an aerial or bird's eye view, and then I'm going to go to Google Street View. Uh, Google Street View is usually pretty updated uh, depending on what areas you're in, but for the most part, you can get a really good idea for what the property looks like on the exterior. Something you'll notice is brokers or sellers, they'll... uh, dress up the property or the photos of the property to try to sell it. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's the broker's job is to sell the property. And they're doing just that for their job. They're selling the property. But being able to look at Google Street View, it really gives you a a real world view of the, the property. And you can see it. And then what I can do is I can I can tour around the property a little bit, depending on where the the Google van goes. I can get inside the property a little bit um, in the parking lot, check out the exteriors of the building, check out um, if there's lots of garbage outside or how the vehicles look or how the asphalt looks. So I can already tell a little bit about the building. I can see what roofs look like, what the siding looks like, the asphalt, uh, what type of cars are in there for tenant base. Then I'm able to take a virtual tour around the asset by walking the street. um, I can tour the neighborhood virtually all through Google Street. And I'm gonna do this to see what's going on in the immediate neighborhood. Are there rundown homes? Are there homes being renovated? Are there new homes? Are there uh, new construction? Are there new retail? Is there new restaurant? So I'm really going around and looking and getting a feel for the property. Second thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna look for uh, median household income. The reason why I'm going to look for median household income is because A, I want to see if it's growing over time, year over year, and B, I want to know what that number is. If that number is only $20,000, that's that's a very low income, and that's going to be hard for residents to pay their rent. So really, I'm going to kind of work backwards. So I'm going to take whatever the the rent is right now at the property, probably add $100, $200 onto it per unit, and then I'm going to look for the median household income. So let's say, for example, it's $42,000 annually, median household income. What I'm going to do is I'm going to divide that number by 12 and see that that is $3,500 a month in household income. 
then what I'll do is I'll divide that number by what I think the rents we can get on that property for or a little bit higher. So let's say um, rents are $500 on this, these one bedroom units. I'm going to go six, $700 and say, okay, what's 3,500 divided by $700? And that's uh, five. So what that tells me is the median household income in that area is five times the rent we would charge. Why I'm looking at this is because typically our property managers are going to require three to four months of the rent to be that individual's income. So again, if uh, it's $700 a month times four, so let's look at that example, times four, that's $2,800 a month that that uh, tenant should be making times 12, that's going to be $33,600 a month that that tenant should be earning at their job to be able to uh, safely pay for their rent, all their living expenses, and have a little bit of money left over. Next thing I'm gonna look at is I'm gonna look at uh, the, I'm gonna Google the property address, followed by fire, followed by shooting, followed by flood. So uh, west side apartments, fire. West side apartments, shooting. West side apartments, flood. What you'll realize here is maybe there's something the broker or the seller is not telling you about this property. And being able to type those things in, I'm going to get news reports. I'm going to get news articles. I'm going to get things on Google is going to tell me about this property that the seller or the broker failed to tell me, or maybe the broker didn't even know. So for example, a property we looked at before, I typed in the address followed by fire, and sure enough, one of the units completely burned down. So fire and flood isn't a deal, a deal breaker but it's gonna allow us to know where to go in and look a little bit more in depth to see, is there fire damage still? Is there flood damage still? How did they renovate those units? Maybe check out some insurance claims. Shooting on the other end, well, that's gonna lead me into my next point. I'm gonna to go to a crime map. The crime map is gonna show me what crime has happened in the property, around the property, or in that neighborhood. I'm gonna look very closely at these things because typically low, low uh, income and crime go together like peanut butter and jelly. Just being honest here, um, it's it, history repeats itself on what we're seeing at properties in certain areas. So if there's a lot of crime at the property or around the property, that's probably going to count us out because again, that's a location uh, driver. That's something that's happening in the location that we can't really take care of too much. We can't uh, adjust what's going on in the neighborhood as far as crime goes at the property, maybe, but not around the neighborhood. If there's a little bit of crime, it, it's going to happen everywhere in the world today. Unfortunately, crime happens in all neighborhoods, it just depends on how little or how much. So that's a factor we're going to take into account. Next, I'm going to go to the justice map. The justice map is a great tool I look at because it's going to show me down to the literal block of where income is in that neighborhood, in that apartment community. So it's a heat map. The darker the red, the lower the income. The darker the blue, the greater the income. We try to be at medium to high income price points. We never want to be at the bottom because uh, low income, again, usually equals low crime. So it, it also, the justice map will also tell me year over year, has it had income growth on that block or uh, uh, income decline? And therefore, I'm going to be able to, again, get a better idea for that neighborhood, for that property. Then I'll go to a few websites and look at the demo, uh, demographics, the population, um, again, just looking at those drivers. Another thing I'm going to look at is the FEMA flood map. This one's really important because I had a broker bring a deal to us and said, hey, 
you know, only two of the five buildings are in a floodplain. Okay, so when we go to get insurance, we're going to get flood insurance for two out of five of those buildings. Well, luckily, I did my check. I looked at the FEMA flood map, and I realized that five of the buildings were actually in a floodplain. So that's not a complete deal breaker. We just need to budget for that, and that's going to be super important. So on my underwriting spreadsheet, I have a tab that's just called checklist, and it's an underwriting checklist, and it literally has boxes that I can check next to each of these points. Google Street View, checking median income, demographics, neighborhood data, uh, Google property, Google property reviews, which is the next one I'm going to get into, justice map, crime map, FEMA flood map, and a few other ones. So looking at that FEMA flood map is going to be very important, mainly for budgeting purposes. Next, I'm going to look at, uh, I'm going to Google the property for reviews or look at it on apartments.com for reviews. This is very important because the residents will always tell us what's going on in the property, whether it's good or bad. There was one property that was in a phenomenal location. It was uh, a nice size property, great location, uh, great age, and we were really interested in it. But what I noticed is I saw 20 plus reviews complaining about uh, roaches in the apartments. Now, again, that's not a deal breaker because that just means we have to allocate more towards our uh, pest control budget annually versus how much we'd really do. So that way we can clean that up because we're willing to work with a location that's a, a really nice location, a property in a really good location, even if it has an issue like that that is fixable, that we can take action and fix that. Obviously, there's going to be a hurdle there with the reviews that we'll have to you know check out later. But again, we take note of that. Another one that not a lot of people look at, but I find to be a very good uh, dictator for these properties is proximity to retail and restaurants. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at the property. I'm going to zoom out on a map. And I'm going to say what retail, what restaurants are closest to this property. And I'm looking for things like Chick-fil-A's, Chipotle's, Starbucks, Lowe's, Home Depot, uh, Target's. All those companies are successful businesses and they have uh, teams built out in their companies just to do research on you know population demographics and where the growth is, where the income is, and what they before they invest millions of dollars in these buildouts, these locations, these businesses, they're going to do the adequate research to figure out where their business is going to thrive and be successful for years on end. So when I look at a property, I'm looking for those stores. I'm saying how close is the nearest Chick-fil-A because it's going to serve for two purposes. One, we know that it's going to employ our tenants, most likely, if it's a you know market rate housing. And two, it's going to bring people to that area. And three, after due diligence, I'm probably going to stop there, to be quite honest with you. Um, but we're going to be looking for properties like that around the area. So our next acquisition we're working on right now, it has two Chick-fil-A's in a 1.8-mile radius. This is huge because, again, it's going to employ our residents, and it's also going to bring people to that area. And that's a positive sign. Same thing with Starbucks, Chipotle's, uh, Lowe's, Home Depot, all those big names I mentioned. They know where the growth is. They know where the people are. So not only is it going to employ our tenants, but it's also going to bring people to that area. Other things we're really not looking for or we don't like to see are there pawn shops? Are there rundown used car dealerships? Are there closed retail spaces, old retail spaces? Um, whatever is in that area, we typically... And when we look at that area, and if it's lower end or a lot of vacancies and strip malls or retail spots, that's a sign that that area is declining, the income is low, and uh, we really don't want to be in that area. Are there bordered up shops? You know, that's all stuff that we look at. So 
one thing I want you guys to take away from today's episode by listening to this is we haven't even touched any numbers on the property. Yeah, I talked about median income and rent, but that's just to gauge where the median income is and if it's sufficient for the property and for the area. I didn't talk about any financials. I didn't talk about raising rents. I didn't talk about business plan. All I looked at was the location because real estate is really all about location, location, location. You guys hear it all the time. It's something that's very important because you can't change it. It's not a controllable for you. The property you can change. And then, you know, I was listening to another podcast and a guy was looking at a nine unit building in Houston and they didn't even walk into it. And he's like, yeah, I'll buy it. And his wife was like, we didn't even look at any of the units. He's like, I don't care. Look at all the development that's going on around here. I could gut all the units and I know I can get this amount of rent because of the location. So again, something we're looking at is location. And underwriting a property takes several hours just to do the first round of underwriting. And this way, when we get a property sent to us, we're not spending too much time underwriting the property and taking all the steps just to find out the numbers don't work. We're looking at the property. We're able to check off the location. And if that works, we go to the next step of underwriting. If that doesn't work, then we're all done. We don't have to waste any more time and we can move on to the next project or something more important. So again, all things we're looking at when we're looking at properties. Hope you guys found this episode super helpful. Look forward to hearing from you guys and seeing you guys next week on our next episode. Thanks for listening. We hope you were able to take some value away from today's episode. For more information or to connect with Dante, visit victorycapgroup.com. See you next week.